We look for employees that not necessarily have all the skills in the world behind them. We look for a mindset, people that are really just eager and want to help small businesses and passionate about the same things we are. And that really drives that culture forward. Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. Joining me today is Amanda Hoffman, COO of Madwire, a platform that enables SMBs to do everything from building a website to accepting payments, managing leads and customers, appointments, online reviews, social media, business listings, content marketing, multi-channel digital advertising campaigns, and more. Madwire's patented product portfolio includes UXI web technology, natural listing ads, top placement ads, retargeting ads, local listing ads, my click to calls, and conversion rate optimizer, allowing brands to access and optimize their marketing channels online. It was founded in 2009 by father and son team, Joe and JB Kellogg, and has a mission of enriching communities by helping small businesses grow and their local communities glow. Medwire is headquartered in my home state of Colorado. Amanda, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So tell me, that's a lot of of what Madwire does. Can you go into it in a little more depth and, and paint us a picture of, of what it is that you do and who's buying your uh, services? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, I mean, we were founded in 2009 by our co-founders, Joe and JB Kellogg. Um, we grew really quickly, actually, too. We grew from just those two all the way up to 500, 600 employees in just under 10 years, which was pretty great. Um you know, we've been around for quite a while, but also at the same time, we're a pretty small business, just like the small businesses we serve. And so um, our our main technology is our Marketing 360 platform, which just gives small businesses everything they need. So just like you mentioned, you know, we have everything from a website and a CRM um, all the way to being able to manage your marketing into one place. So it's, you know, an easy, digestible place to see everything, including your email marketing, your SMS marketing, your ads marketing, your mm-hmm. social media management, everything. And so really prior to that, businesses had to go to multiple service providers to get all of that um, and pay separate fees. And, you know, those really add up for a small business owner. Yes. So that's the area that we found was really impactful and something that we could provide value to the small business market. Interesting. So that's that's really the biggest problem that you're solving is is putting everything these companies need in one place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so the, the company's taken over, uh, over its term about $28 million in, in funding. You've made two acquisitions. Um, you know, what has, you know, what has had investors excited about Madwire? Well, I really do think it is our platform. Um, really before us, there wasn't really anything like that. And now you're seeing a lot of service providers try and come out and do the same thing and build a software and, you know, provide that value, you know, from the small business space, anyone that's in that can really tell you, you know, there's a lot of different things to manage and trying to figure out, you know, 
how you're managing your lead flow and, you know, where all of these different aspects are and how your social posts are doing and Mm -hmm. are you responding to your customers here and there and everywhere else. Um, that's a lot to take on. So being able to find that one place to do it is very important. So that's something that we're trying to solve for. And prior to us, there really wasn't anything there. That's something we're really proud of is being that first provider. Now you're really seeing that race to create that all in one platform. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, so you worked with Penton Media in marketing prior to joining Madwire in 2013. Yeah. Um, they were probably still pretty small when you joined them. Um, tell me a little bit about your journey, the time you spent with Penton and you know, what you learned there and and what had you make the move and excited about, you know, joining marketing for Madwire? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I worked at Penton, there was a, really what I did is I managed email marketing strategies for key accounts across IT and development industry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I did that for several years, I think three or four. Um, and then I made my way over to Madwire at that time. And Honestly, I, it was advice from one of my leaders at that time where she said, you know, you, you should find a small business. <laughs> you, you, you like to wear a lot of hats. I was always finding different things that I could add value to and really wanting to grow different areas of the business outside of just the role that I was in. And, um, you know, one of those things, for instance, is I took up leading their internship program um, and building that out and managing the interns and hiring and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting. Got to learn a lot through that. And I'm just kind of someone who really likes to wear a lot of hats and have my hands on a lot of things and just provide the most amount of value I can. And so really upon her advice of just looking for a small business that would need someone like that, I happened upon Madwire. I graduated from CSU um, in Fort Collins. So that's where it... Madwire at the time was based in Loveland, Colorado, so just just south of Fort Collins. And uh, um, I looked around for marketing companies near there because that was where my experience right. was and mm-hmm. just kind of lucked into it and met um, JB in my first interview and just really hit it off with him, thought the company and what they were doing was really interesting um, and wanted to be a part of it because they were doing more than just one area. So one of the things at Penton, what I was doing specifically was the email marketing um, and I really wanted to widen my skills. So that's when I found Madwire and they do pretty much everything for small businesses. And that was another big piece for me was working at Penton. I managed uh, much larger size accounts, Fortune 500 type level of accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of great things about doing that. But I was really interested in being involved more on the small business space and helping the small business owners and that sort of thing. So that's where Madwire really rang, rang true for me. Yeah. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about um, how Joe and JB came up with this idea? Um, yeah, actually. So a big piece of what, you know, they, they actually just, <laughs> I actually don't know. I can't remember the entire true story, but there was, we do this thing every year called Mad Games. And it's basically for everybody to go have a lot of fun and, you know, create competition and have a great time together. And um actually one of my teams back in the past actually created a a comedy skit about the way the company got started. And um, Joe and JB, they work out every day and together and we've got a gym in the office and whatnot. And so we had kind of made a parody actually of, of the story painted the way we wanted, which was, you know, that they're working out in the gym and just had this brilliant idea. But um, they actually were previously doing financial stuff and they were big on that side and um, investment and whatnot. And so they, came up with it at that time of just seeing the need for small businesses and, Mm. and created it from there. 
Yeah, good. Well, that's that's what I was wondering. And that, that seems to be, I mean, that doesn't seem to be, that is the lowest common denominator around startups is, you know, and how people have come up with them is that they've realized there's a need in the market often because they need something that they can't get. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So you were just promoted to COO this past January. Um you know, from, from the marketing uh, department. And I know there's, there's another uh, chief marketing officer, but so, so that's a very different, different job than what you've been doing. Tell me how you've, how you've made that transition and, and um, you know, what's, what's working for you and where you feel like you might be having greater challenges learning. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been a great transition. Actually, mm-hmm. I feel very at home in the role that I'm in, which is really lucky. Um, the role that I was in right at the start of COVID in 2020, I was promoted into uh, my role at the time was uh, chief marketing operations officer. And what I primarily did at that time was I was over the marketing team, specifically the account manager teams um, and really growing that. And that was kind of my home. That's where I got my start at Madwire. When I first started there, I was an account manager and then I moved up to a director and um, then I moved up to the chief marketing operations officer. And um, in January, I was moved over just all of the marketing execution side. Um, so not just dealing with account managers and whatnot, but also helping grow the different departments that we have. Our, we call them our specialist departments. And these are the teams that actually are behind the scenes and executing a lot of the work and everything that we're doing, the content, the social media, you know, the design, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So um it's been, you know, I, I had a lot of experience in terms of as an account manager, I've worked really closely with all these departments. I understand from that perspective, you know, what they do and the impact that they can have on our small businesses and how critical it is. So being able to step into that was actually pretty smooth on that front. Um, but of course, there's always challenges in learning different things. And I think one of the biggest lessons for me is just learning that you know, it's important to be willing to get your hands dirty, get in the trenches and figure out where, you know, where you can improve that impact um, and where those things are without having to actually be in the role and know exactly what is doing every day. And so um, I think, you know, a lot of leaders I've seen in the past just make the mistake of not wanting to get in and learn what does this person do and um, how do they do it and how can I help them? Um, and that's a skill that I, I really, you know, my confidence on that is just, I'm willing to get in and figure it out, you know, mm-hmm. and get my hands dirty and, and help. And, you know, I'm willing to ask the stupid questions and um, do whatever I can, because I know at the end of the day, these, each of these departments has a very huge impact on the company overall. So that's primarily where I'm focused at this time and really just getting to play around with a lot more of it, including even on the software side. And um, I think just the biggest lesson for me was learning to approach it from a standpoint. You know, I actually learned a lesson when I first got promoted. You know, I had all these ideas. And one of the first things that I re- realized is that in most companies, we're probably not short of ideas, we're short of execution. Um, and what I learned was, you know, I took a lot of those ideas and I'd run around to the departments. And I'd be like, why aren't we doing this? And we should do that. And, you know, what about this? And, you know, a lot of the times what I learned was it wasn't that I had some brilliant idea that no one's ever thought of. In fact, mm-hmm. time, there was reasons why we didn't go that direction or right. that we tried it and it didn't work. And I think that was kind of a humbling moment for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of has that my initial I had that initial uh, panic of just, oh, my gosh, you know, if I don't have all the ideas that they don't have is, is am I valuable? Um, and that was a lesson for me in realizing that that's not, that's not it. It's not just about, you know, having the ideas no one else has. It's about 
um, building the team around you into, you know, widening your own impact and your own skill set and bringing that to them so that everybody, you know, there's, my dad used to tell me there's no single person that, um, you know, no single mind that's greater than the collective minds of a group. And, and I completely agree with that. And so it was just getting that ego out of there. Like, you don't have to be the one with the ideas, you know, you, you need to help other people bring their, their good ideas to fruition, you know, and see 10, 10 steps down the road. Yeah, that's great. Um, you, you know, you, you, you said, and, and I want to, I want to bring this up again. You said, you know, I asked all the stupid questions and, and I will say that they're only stupid questions. The one that doesn't get asked. Yes. I love that. Okay. Um, one should never, you know, one should really never look at it that way. Um, because it, you know, it really minimizes people from asking questions. Right. So, um, yeah, just, I just wanted to kind of put that out there. So, um, what, what's, you said, you know, when, when the company started, there really weren't any competitors. Now there are, what does the competitive nature of the business look like right now? Well, we definitely had competitors. Uh, we've shifted a lot in, in, you know, what we've done. I mean, actually when I was an account manager, you know, way back when I first started, our primary focus was just running Google advertising. Um, and now it's like, you know, like you pointed out, we're doing everything. We actually got our start in websites. That's where we really started. But I started with the company at the time when Google advertising was one of the bigger pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've really shifted over time to, you know, we do pretty much everything a small business could need and provide some sort of solution there for them. You know, the tech space in general, though, especially marketing technology is, is a really competitive market, um, especially with new technology con consistently rising all the time. Right. And, you know, we're always making updates to our platform to ensure that we're offering our clients the best and absolutely most up-to-date tools to help them grow their business. So what would you say are the biggest challenges, you know, facing, your industry overall? I mean, there's a lot. I think that in general for our industry, I think everybody is still experiencing battle back from COVID, right? Um, small businesses, especially, were just so impacted during that time. Um, and that's what makes up our clientele. So, you know, when small businesses are shuttered, it, it greatly impacts us, of course. Right. Um, and small businesses are doing everything they can to bounce back today, um, as are we, you know. So I think that we're pretty hand in hand with that. And that's probably been the most, the biggest challenge, obviously. And I think that's pretty consistent for most people. But small business, especially, we've seen a lot of people have to shut their doors and some permanently. And that's really difficult and hard to see with small businesses. How, how do you define small business? Like what number by number of people, revenue, what? Well, I mean, what the way that we look at it, for instance, like what a, a, a perfect size company to, for us mm -hmm. to work with is basically someone that's been around at least three years um, and has at least three or employees. So that's really what we define it by in terms of revenue and size and all that. That varies pretty greatly, obviously, but we work with businesses anywhere from, you know, one employee all the way up to hundreds. Got it. What do you see your clients wasting time and money on? I mean, does that go back to your point, you know, buying six different solutions where they could buy one? <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's a great yeah. question. And, and yeah, I mean, it's pretty wild out there. I mean, you just try to go do the research on, okay, well, how much is it going to cost me to find a platform where I can, you know, manage all of my social media in one place and all of the different channels in one place. And, you know, you could do that for free, but it's going to cost you in time, which is mm -hmm. sometimes a more valuable commodity, right? And mm -hmm. um, same thing with all of the different things. Okay, well, I can go get a website and I can get a website that I can't track and do anything on and I can get that for relatively cheap. 
that being said, if I can't track, then the amount of money I'm putting towards marketing isn't going to be as valuable. And, you know, and then when you really start to find, okay, where can I find a valuable solution that does all of these things? By the time you're done with it, it's, it's priced so far out there that no small business can afford it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, so are, are, do companies come to you and have their websites built or do then they just host them on the platform so they can get the information along with all the other things that they're doing? We typically build them. So that's something that we include with our marketing customers that come in the door. We build a website for them. Um, sometimes, you know, we also work with businesses that have established websites and don't mm -hmm. necessarily need those. In those right. cases, we don't necessarily host their websites, but we can and do provide website building because most of the small businesses that come with come to us are in one of those situations where they've paid for either a cheap website that they, you know, tried to build and maintain themselves yeah, right. isn't really taking them to the level no. they need to go um, or they don't have one at all. Right. That's really interesting. So how do you find your prospects? Well, we never cold call. Um, our customers actually reach out to us and to us and, you know, our, we eat our own dog food. That's what JV says all the time. Mm -hmm. that, you know, that's at the end of the day, we market ourselves the same way we market our customers. Right. Um, we actually beta test a lot of our products and stuff and everything prior on our own brands first. Mm -hmm. So is it a hundred percent inbound? Yeah. That's well, fantastic. not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, all of our customers are inbound and that's correct. But in terms of the efforts to mm -hmm. reach them. So, so tell me, what are, what are the efforts? So how are you reaching them and, to, you know, getting them to say, Oh, this is something interesting. Let me, let me look into this company. Yeah. I mean, it's everything that we do for our customers. You know, it's everything from the, the advertising piece. We advertise anywhere from Google to, you know, OTT type platforms and digital TV, for instance. And um, we also do content work. You know, we really focus heavily on our content. I mean, you've probably seen JB's channels and stuff, and he's pretty heavy loaded on that. We manage our social media and everything. I mean, everything that we sell is what we do. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. So you have you have about 500 employees now. I think you said you have had a max of around 600. Tell me a little bit about um, Madwire's talent strategy and what's worked really well for you and what hasn't worked. Yeah, you're just saying in terms of how we acquire our talent, essentially. Yeah, your talent strategy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so same thing, old-fashioned way. You know, word of mouth referral mostly is a lot of where we get that from. Oh, interesting. Uh, We've won a lot of awards too. So best place to work, fastest growing company, business of the year, different mm -hmm, awards mm -hmm. over the years. And that really draws mm -hmm. a lot of applicants to us. Um, mm -hmm. We've also been getting more involved with, you know, just the different local community, um, the different colleges and stuff. So CSU, for instance, we work pretty mm -hmm. close with them and uh, we're looking at hopefully building out some sort of internship program or looking to for other opportunities like that, that gets our name out there in the community and mm -hmm. uh, make sure that we can help grow, you know, both not only for our customers, but, you know, internally as well and have that applicant pool handy and ready for us. Mm -hmm. So does, you know, it sounds like, as to your point, a lot of referrals and, you know, going out to the universities, do you do any outbound headhunting? Um, I believe we've done some on our software engineering side, mm -hmm. uh, different, ballpark there but for the most part no it's pretty much just word of mouth and referral for the for what we can do there and again just what people are looking for in terms of the communities and that sort of mm -hmm. thing what what's the demographic of your employees look like like age and so on and so forth um it ranges you know we're pretty standard in terms of what what you see in our area so northern colorado for instance is where we're located 
Um, and we're really opening up. And that's one of the things that COVID did bring us is that we decided we kind of, you know, we moved to uh, the hybrid work model before it was cool. Um, and what's been really great about that is being able to open that up to being able to find applicants all across the country. That's really fantastic. So I have to imagine knowing, knowing uh, what, uh, what Northern Colorado looks like, <laughs> that that's really improved the diversity that you've been able to bring into the company. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're looking at Northern Colorado, we are right on track with what is expected there. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, obviously we want to be as, as diverse as we can and, you know, open that up. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely being able to have the ability to hire all over the country has mm -hmm. been very helpful. And Yeah, I imagine. So tell me a little bit about um, what kind of turnover the company has experienced and why that's happened, do you believe? Yeah, you know, honestly, the COVID was a big piece that that was really rough. And just I think, obviously, again, for everybody, but, um, you know, we lost a lot of employees during that time. And people kind of, I think, were reevaluating their lives and what they wanted and, um, you know, where they were going and took that as an opportunity to do those types of things. And um, we have pretty standard turnovers in terms of the industry from my understanding. And mm -hmm. you know, we work really hard to build that up. The good news is because our name is out there in the community, we have a lot of people that are always looking to come in, which is great. But, you know, we want to be able to, to keep our current talent as much as possible. And um, that was actually another thing that was a, a, a big learning curve, which I think we're still really learning is um, during COVID, you know, like I said, we moved to the hybrid work model before it was cool. But um, that brought a lot of challenges with it, you know, and one of those being that in a hybrid work environment, you know, we had, we have a really great culture within our company and mm -hmm. everybody really enjoys working there and being there. And then when you're opening this up to, okay, now we're mm -hmm. hiring employees and we're now in this hybrid environment, um, it's a lot harder, you know, you don't have that person sitting right next to you. And whether that person can say, Hey, I overheard you on this call. And here's, you know, some coaching that I have on that and some ideas that could help, or here's how I've sold it before, or, you know, whatever. Instead they they're by themselves at home and um, you know, small business space is, is a tough one. And so if you're losing customers or they're, they're struggling, you know, for whatever reason, especially during COVID, that was mentally really hard on a lot of people um, watching these businesses just really struggle and not feeling like you could do anything for them, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so that was a big piece. And I think that was something that kept a lot of our current employees going too, is just, you know, they needed us more now than ever sort of a deal. And we wanted to make sure that what we were doing and the, the support we were giving them was the best it could possibly be and putting them forward and first, you know, but there's a lot of stuff out of their control and out of our control. I mean, mm -hmm. if they can't even get their products, for instance, you know, that's a big deal. So. Yeah, that's for sure. Do you have, did you, did COVID cause, you know, cause you to implement some sort of a more formal training program or mentoring program or coaching program at all? Um, we have, we have already, We've taken the, in terms of the training piece, that's something we've always taken pretty seriously. And I think right. that that was a big benefit to us during that time. Um, I, I do think for sure we had to tighten things up, you know, and make sure that we're um, providing that in a, in a different capacity and that we're being adaptable to, you know, people's environments and whatnot. And a lot of it was learning on the fly, you know, it, 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 it's reading books, reading you know, different blogs, like all sorts of stuff, whatever you can to try to make sure that the way that you're coaching people, how you're doing things, you know, like I said, I mean, even just the example I gave earlier of just 
um, it was a big learning curve to be sitting next to everybody and being able to overhear and then coach them up. Um, mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden not be there, you know, and, and making it a very consistent, tangible, I've got to check in with these people and make sure that it, it how, and, and really checking on just how are you as a person, right? right. Not, not how are you doing at work and what do you need help yeah. with, but you know, how are you? Um, and really making that an emphasis. And, you know, it's one of our initiatives for the year, even just to make sure that we are building back that culture and really, you know, collaborating and, and supporting each other and, and making that a forefront mm-hmm. um, to build that back in, in, in a hybrid environment. And I think we're mm-hmm. making that and bounds, which has been great. That's great. So you, you said a little bit about um, what a great culture you have. How do you define your culture and what makes it unique? That's a great question. Uh, you know, in terms of our culture is it's everybody, the camaraderie is really there. People just genuinely enjoy mm-hmm. being around each other, um, working with talented, like-minded individuals that are all there for small businesses and working hard to do everything they can to make those those businesses successful really creates that initial connection. And, um, you know, it's, it's been really great. We've done, you know, in terms of what we do outside of that, I, you know, I wouldn't say that we're just completely unique that no other business you know has these ideas but we we're constantly trying to innovate with just different types of things that we're doing in terms of okay can we bring um you know different types of for instance we brought out a a, a system called we call it hobby hangouts and that was one of our msms came up with that idea but um anyway so one of the cool things there is that we can you know connect people not just with the shared likeness of working at the same place and, and being passionate about the same things, but, you know, also about let's connect over things that aren't necessarily related to work and, you know, what are different hobby hobbies that everybody has and, you know, connecting, whether that's in person or virtually and those types of things, it's been really valuable. And so we're constantly trying to innovate with ideas like that, that have been really good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we have a culture of just, we really look for the entrepreneurial mindset. We look for employees that, not necessarily are have all the skills in the world behind them that they've done mm-hmm. previously to prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we look for a mindset, you know, we look for people that are really just eager and want to help small businesses and passionate about the same things we are. Um, and that really drives that culture forward. Right. So where do you see um, the company investing in resources here over the next, let's say 12 months? Well, um, I think again, it goes back to what our, primary goal is with our product. Um, and in terms of resources, it's, you know, it's everything from the right talent, um, and the right kind of, you know, software engineers and things like that, for instance. And, um, but also all the way down to, you know, how do we make this truly the best all in one platform for every small business and wherever the Mm -hmm. customer's need is, is what's going to drive us in that direction. Mm -hmm. Mm Um, do you have like a freemium model or a trial for people to get on there and, you know, get around in it and see how it works for them? Yep. Yep. We do have a free version that includes just parts of the, the marketing 360 app, you know, you can work. Right. With well, which, which at least gives somebody an idea to think, oh gosh, is this something that is going to work for us? Yeah. What's the, what's the financial model for companies? Are, I mean, are they paying for, for, you know, one seat? Do they have to pay for each seat? You know, you, yeah, is, it, yeah, yeah. is it a monthly, you know, monthly, I assume it's a SaaS product. So, yeah. you know, is it a monthly product? Is it do people buy annually? What does it look like? 
Yeah. So we do have a, it's a monthly cost basically for our platform and then, you know, marketing services and whatnot above that. Um, we just pay by month, but for each of the products, Mm -hmm. there are, uh, user limits basically in terms of what that looks like. And we try to make that as scalable as possible. So for instance, we aren't limiting, um, we look at where our customers are at and we try to raise those as high as we absolutely can so that there are no additional costs or no ongoing, you know, hidden fees or anything like that. It's just one flat cost as much as possible. Can you uh, come up and give me a success story uh, that you're particularly proud of? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A customer customer success story. You know, this customer, here's where they were when, you know, here's what the situation was. This is what they needed to do. Here are the actions they took. Here's the result they got. Really? Um, yeah, actually when, you know, there was one, the first one that comes off the top of my mind is, um, I actually was a customer of mine years and years ago. And, um, when they first started, they were a real small business and a really unique idea. Um, and you know, they grew, pretty astronomically, very quickly, um, again, being one of the first types of things to the market, but that can actually be really difficult for a lot of businesses too, because people aren't searching for something specific, right? They don't know what they're looking for. So you've got to go find the people that don't know they have a need mm-hmm. for that product. And there's a lot of fun and interest around those types of things. And honestly, one of the, my favorite types of marketing is trying to figure those types of things out. And um, really, we took that, that customer went from you know, basically no, nothing. They had just started out with, okay, we've, we've got some sales. We're starting moving forward. We built them a website, got them, you know, everything kicked off and, you know, they were with us for years and years. And Mm -hmm. I believe they're even still with us and they're, they've grown now into multiple countries where they're selling their product. And, um, they've had to hire a lot of employees. And that's one of the biggest rewards I think personally for me is watching businesses have to hire more. Um, because they're growing, you know, and so that was, that was just one of those moments. It's just, those are the successes that you really look for that are just really great to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Amanda, are your customers, uh, primarily B2C, B2B or a combination of both? A combination, probably more Mm -hmm. so B2C, but we have a Mm -hmm. combination across the board. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So you, you mentioned that you had a, you had layoffs after, after, or during, you know, once COVID hit two years ago, is it because you lost customers? Like what was the impetus behind that really? Yeah. I mean, you know, again, going back to what I was saying earlier, COVID really impacted the small business market a lot. And, you know, if people can't get their products, what we, we knew we had to put our customers first. I mean, you know, at at the end of the day, we're not going to market something that can't, you can't sell, you know? So that was very big. And, you know, we had to adapt a lot as an organization, just as we adapt to new marketing strategies. Um, You know, we looked at what would be best for our people, what would be best for our customers and, you know, move fast to implement those changes as necessary. And so for instance, on the customer side, you know, we did what was right um, first above all else for them. And, you know, if they hit supply chain issues or had to shut down or whatever, we have to take care of them. And, um, you know, we've always really tied ourselves to, if we put our customer success before our own, ours will follow. And that has worked really well for us. You know, Mm -hmm. we needed us now more than ever. And um, we believe that by doing the right thing, even though it hurts everybody right now, it's going to, it will rebound. And we've seen a lot of those customers coming back, um, opening up their doors and, you know, and able to do that and just really thankful for us being really adaptable. And, And we really empower our teams and our employees to, you know, do what is right for our customers above all else. And that, Mm -hmm. that has been a really great, 
um, tactic for us and really helped us bring a lot of those customers and a lot of those people back as well. That's fantastic. So you talked a little bit about how when you, you first took the role first of the year, you know, running around from department to department with, you know, these all these great ideas that you had um, and that you've, you know, obviously made some adjustments on that. What does your day-to-day look like now as a leader? Yeah, my day-to-day is very focused on the leaders that we have within the organization and, and helping build them up and build their departments. And Really, you know, I, I made, this is a joke I've made at some point where it's basically, you know, it's my job is to solve problems that then create new problems for us to continually solve. And, and mm-hmm. you know, it's, I, you, a lot of times I think leaders in this position get into, get into it thinking, okay, I solve the problems and then everything's good. And, um, you know, in the marketing space, especially like you have to be very adaptable. Things change often. And if you're not going to adapt with the market, then you're not going to be here very long. Um, and that presents new challenges, you know, and uh, that's one of the things I love the most about Madwire is I've been in organizations before that don't adapt as much. And and, mm-hmm. that's, and you watch that how bad that can be for that organization. Mm-hmm. And I really love that about Madwire, just consistently adapting. And so I spent a lot of time with my leaders um, across the board and, and really just trying to find, okay, where is the biggest level of impact for us as an organization at this time and putting as much energy and resources into those things to drive them forward. Um, so some days that can be, you know, a, a part of a new product that we're launching or um, a new system for our teams or, you know, if, or it's finding those problems where, you know, and just interviewing people and figuring out, well, where are you struggling and, you know, what, what would make your life better and, you know, and trying to continually improve and, and make us more efficient and uh, Mm -hmm. make everybody's jobs easier and better. And um, so, yeah, it can vary day to day, but for the most part, I'm really focused on just where do we feel is the most impact for the organization at that time. Are you, are you all going into the office? uh, Those of you who live in Fort Collins or, you know, in the surrounding areas, Uh, what does your model look like now? Yeah, so I, I'm pretty hybrid. Everybody, a lot of people are hybrid. We have a mix of people with, that are in the office full time. Um, we have a, some that are fully remote. You know, even not, don't live in the state or took that opportunity to move to a new state or whatnot. Um, I myself am hybrid, and I go in two to three times a week, and then you know I'm at home the other days. And so, for instance, today it's a little rainy and cold out. So this was a good day to be at home. Yes, it is. In, in fact, it's snowing at my house, even as we yeah. speak, 95 miles south of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell me a little bit about what you do when you're not working, how you spend your time. Yeah, I spend a lot of time with my husband. Um, you know, we, he's, he's got every hobby in the book. I actually make a lot of jokes about, you know, he's got enough hobbies for the both of us. Um, but yeah, I'm right now it's my husband and my, my dog. I got a French bulldog. We love, you know, in the summer we're big boating, avid boaters. Um, we like to spend a lot of time traveling and that's a big piece. You know, you can see here behind me, this is actually Mm -hmm. husband took a couple years ago, just before COVID it was 2019 and we were in Italy and uh, we did a fun trip to Italy. I I noticed the Coliseum back there in the background. Yeah, and this was, my husband took that. He, again, one of his hobbies, he's like, I think I'm going to get into photography and and he took that picture and I was like, that is one of the most beautiful pictures I've seen. So yeah. um, made him print, print it out for me on a nice canvas and put it up there. And, but yeah, I mean, that's a big piece of our lives. We really love traveling and, you know, we're looking to grow our family too, which will be really great too. So if somebody were listening to this and uh, is thinking, oh, this sounds like a pretty interesting company. I, I, you know, love to get involved with maybe working for them. Uh, what would you suggest they do? Well, I mean, reach out. Like we, you know, you can really reach out to any of our leaders. 
Um, they're always going to help okay. you out, but you know, apply is really the answer. If you're ever interested in working for us, mm-hmm. like we have a great system and, mm-hmm. you know, we really pride ourselves on the way that we handle our applicant flow and making sure that, you know, everybody is seen and we're communicating consistently and, um, they know where things are at, you know? And so that's, we're really on top of that and we're proud of that. That's something we feel is very important in terms of just continually building that because even if we don't have an opening today, um, you know, if, if that person leaves with mm-hmm. a really good experience during that, you know, right. then we're more likely to get them back later. So, well, I, listen, I, I, you know, I, I'm certainly, you're preaching to the choir here. I, you know, for over 30 years, I, you just can't even, and of course the internet made yeah. it worse, right? <laughs> Um, how people, you know, the, you know, companies would hire these 20 somethings and call them recruiters. And, you know, they didn't know the first thing about how to, you know, they would just blow people off, you know? And, and, you know, then if, if somebody were to come back to you later on, like, what's going to make me think I'd ever want to work for you? Well, and even if they don't come back and work for you, you know, that's, they're going to tell everybody, right? Like that's, and so, you know, how you act with one thing is how you act with everything. And, you know, and that's, it's super important that you're, you're putting that off in the right thing. And we hold it, we, you know, we call it our execution excellence standard. And um, that standard is non-negotiable. And that goes across the board with everything. You know, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that even in these instances of, okay, well, this isn't something that we can do, or we can't work with this person right now, or we don't have mm-hmm. an open opportunity. Um, it's important that we just leave as best we can, no matter what, you know, and, even in the scenarios of if you can't make, you know, um, there's, there's going to be instances where we can't make a client successful, um, you know, or mm-hmm. that they choose to move on from us. And, you know, that's just the reality of it. And even in those scenarios, again, it's going back to do what's best for everybody, do what's best for that customer, you know, mm-hmm. and take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they can't work out, you know, I've even as a marketing account manager back in the day, you know, I had customers that they, they'd say, okay, we want, we have this really cool idea and product that we want to do. And, you know, maybe it didn't come to launch. And I remember I had a customer that we worked really hard with and that, and they, they decided, you know, this isn't what the product they want to invest in. And they changed their minds and um, shut the whole thing down. And, you know, a month or two later, I got a call from a, a new person asking, the, you know, how to sign up with us. And I asked them how they heard about us. And that was how, you know, they just had a great experience during that time. And so I even if it doesn't work out, that's right. Experience is so important. Um, what would you say since you're talking about, you know, basically you're talking about churn, what is your, what is your, um, I mean, either your churn or your retention? Yeah, our retention is pretty high. Um, you know, we measure in a few different ways, but for over the marketing department specifically, we were looking at, we churn less than three to 5%. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So you're well north of yeah. 90%. Good of retention. That's terrific. Uh, Amanda, is there anything that I have uh, forgotten to ask you or that you want to uh, talk about before we sign off? I don't think so. It's been really great. I really appreciate you having me here. Well, thank you. Well, Amanda Hoffman, Chief Operating Officer at Madwire, headquartered in my home state of Colorado, most specifically Fort Collins. Thanks for joining me. I really uh, enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, same here. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. 
I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com, or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.